Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. My guest today, Jeff Fencer, is a serial entrepreneur whose main business principles are making friends and having fun. Imagine how simple that is. And he's focused on disruptive startups with vertical integration and revenue-driving innovation while cultivating and empowering top-tier leadership teams to foster the growth of successful brands. Sounds like a mouthful, which it is, and we'll get to, we'll break that down in a little bit. And he's a pioneer of the quick serve restaurant category, and he's the founder of the rapidly expanding South, <laughs> Southern California-based superfood brand Everbowl, which he established in 2016, and is nationally recognized as a rising star within the sector for making healthy superfoods accessible and affordable to everyone. And maybe if I lived there, uh, I'd have a chance to try it out and, and really attest to how good they are, but I'll get out there soon once you're able to travel again. He's also an aspiring mentor and team builder and is dedicated to fostering strong company culture where the motto is, as you guessed, make friends and have fun. It's a good one. And he's a proactive community advocate, generously contributing time and funds to his neighbors and customers. And we definitely want to talk about what he's doing now in the time of the pandemic. And Jeff's lifelong mentor is Dave Meltzer, someone who I hold in the highest regard as my frequency spirit animal. And Jeff and I connected recently. I love his story. I knew I had to have him on the show, and I am done with this really long intro. Jeff Fenster, welcome to the podcast, my man. Thank you so much. It's uh, truly an honor to be here. I'm a huge fan of the show, so getting the opportunity to come on means the world. And awesome. I got to be honest, I'm so glad whatever you just, that, that whole intro was recorded. So next time I fight with my wife or my kids, I'm going to say, wait, listen to this. Feel free, because man. you made me sound so good. So thank I try. You. That's what I do. I like to. I like to shine a light, and we will uh, certainly make that into a sound clip that you could keep on your phone, and you could hold it up, and you could use it well. So let's start off, right? Like I know you. I've gotten to know you, but my tribe and my listeners may have not. So let's bring everyone up to speed, and a little bit of a backstory, if you don't mind sharing, kind of where you started to kind of where we are today. That would be awesome. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll happily give you the quick back of my baseball card. So. Um, went to law school to be a sports agent and was actually going to work with Dave Meltzer at Lee Steinberg Sports Agency. Um, got engaged, had a kid during my third year of law school and decided I didn't want to do it. So graduated law school and had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, got one quick job out of law school selling payroll services for a company called ADP. Was extremely successful, number one sales rep in the country and got into a disagreement over what uh, annual bonus means and how long you have to wait for it. So rather than having to stick around in, in corporate America, I threatened to quit. They called my bluff. And I literally quit the very next day from a six-figure job in 2007. Started my own payroll company out of my mom's kitchen. And have been a serial entrepreneur since, or as my wife will say, a degenerate entrepreneur. And um, been kind of just doing the startup life ever since. From what I hear, man, you're, 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 you're doing all right. I love it, man. Um, so let's do a little bit of backstory of your relationship with Dave Meltzer, which, uh, you know, going back to our initial conversation, I think that was almost a couple of months ago. Um, and that was fascinating to me. So I'd love to hear the background story of, you know, how you and Dave are connected. And let's go all the way back. because I think it's a pretty awesome story to share. Sure. Hit the rewind machine. Here we go. So 
I was about four or five years old and Dave was in high school and our moms worked together. His mom and my mom were teachers and principal at the same school. And so naturally they became really good friends and Dave and his brothers became kind of like my brothers. Um, just uh, as I like to tell him the much older uh, version and, um, <laughs> and he used to come and watch me play little league and babysit me as I was a, you know, and he, and I used to go watch him play high school football and everything was good. Um, you know, we, we were basically brothers. And then ultimately when I went into high school, he had graduated law school and had gotten into corporate America and started his own companies or was the CEO of companies. And for whatever reason, we were just two kindred spirits that um, were very similar. And so I always wanted to learn from him and be around him because he was, I, he's who I looked up to. And in a way, I think he, he liked that about me. And I was the young, you know, his really younger brother that um, kind of, we just had this amazing relationship. And so I interned with him at six or seven companies during high school and uh, college and really focused on learning instead of earning at the time and being around him and just understanding kind of what he was doing and how he was doing it and incorporating it in my life. And without us even really understanding it, he was being coming or was my mentor and I was his mentee, but I was kind of teaching him how to do that job. And he was teaching me how to be, how to receive and, and do the mentee job. Um, and you know, we, we had our ups and downs, like any, any really close relationship. Any brotherly love, right? Some tough brotherly love in there. Absolutely. There were times we cursed each other and me probably cursing him more than him cursing me because I was the younger brother. And um, there were laughs and, and hugs and tears and, and, and everything in between. Um, so much so that, you know, we still are very close today. I mean, we're actually co-writing a book that's coming out on the mentor-mentee relationship and what a 30-year long wow. version of that really looks like Can't wait uh, because it's so important. And, and I don't think enough people, regardless of which side of the fence you're on, understand that to be a good mentor, you have to know how to be a good mentee. And to be a good mentee, you have to know how to be a good mentor. Um, and those words, it's important to understand what they really are, um, you know, because I can't stress the importance of having a mentor and a coach in your life, no matter where you are. And you need both. And they're different roles. Um, yeah. You know, a coach is someone you pay. Uh, you pay them money. And in exchange, they're there to make sure that you are performing at your absolute peak. There's an accountability element there. There's an accountability element. And for those of you who think you're already successful and you don't need one, LeBron James has the basketball coach. Uh, Tom Hanks has an acting coach. Beyonce has a singing coach. And Tiger Woods had a swing coach. And those four individuals I named at certain points were the best in the world at what they do. Top and of class. They had a coach. So if, it's, if they're not too good for a coach, um, I highly suggest that you look in, in the mirror and say, you know what? I need a coach too. I always have one. Um, and Dave has been a coach of mine, a mentor of mine. Uh, he's always a mentor. Um, there's been periods where I pay him because I want more accountability both ways. Um, mm -hmm. keep in mind when you pay someone to be your coach, yes, they're going to hold you more accountable, but you get to hold them more accountable. You get more of their time, right. their situational knowledge, their That's resources, their, yes. So let's kind of go back a little bit. I mean, how looking back at it now, right, you're able to look under a magnifying glass. How did you teach Dave to be a better mentor? <laughs> By being a serious pain in the ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, the truth is, I mean, I didn't knowingly do it, but he had, I was his first mentee. So um, like anyone who has no experience doing something, you make mistakes, you learn as you go. And my tenacity and, and, and the fact that I was kind of like gum on the bottom of his shoe that wasn't going to go anywhere, Good even when he, when he bumfucked the whole thing. <laughs> um, 
that made him understand where how far he can push, what he can do. Yeah. And, and I mean, without knowingly, he was just building his experience with me and I was building it with him. Um, so I was the, you know, I, I was the, the, the first piece, the, the one that allowed awesome. him to better understand. And then he could see what was. It was a learning actually, process for him too. Yeah. Exactly. What, what was positive? What was helping me? What was hurting me? What caused issues in our relationship? What was he doing selfishly? What was he doing selflessly? Um, you know, obviously he's matured. I mean, since I've known him since he's a teenager and he's in his fifties, every decade we all mature and get better and stronger in some ways and probably yeah. worse in other ways. Um, and I think it's been great because, um, you know, like all mentor mentee relationships, there should be something gained by both sides. Right. Value but has to go on both sides. Sometimes that value proposition is lopsided, which is perfectly fine. Sure. Um, but it goes in both directions and, and, it, and it swings. What, if, if you could describe Dave Meltzer in one or two words, how would you describe Dave? I would say Dave is one or two words. That's a great question. Um, I just thought of it. It's a new one. I'm putting it into my repertoire. It's okay. And I'm, so, as I'm saying that, I'm giving you a couple seconds to think about are, it. So take are. advantage so I'm going to give two words, two, two <laughs> words. One I'm going to say is he's a phoenix. And two, I'm going to say he is um, heart. Phoenix and heart. So I want to talk about the word Phoenix for a moment. I put my head down because that resonates so deeply with me and my relationship with Dave and, and why I consider him my, one of my spirit animals and my menagerie zoo in my head. Um, my career, I mean, this is, this show's not about me, but I've, I've had to rise like the Phoenix at multiple times in my career. And I think that's why Dave and I are so connected. So let's shift gears here. And I'd love to talk about your current business Everbowl. Love a little bit of a backstory, kind of where it came from and where you're at now with the business. And then we'll certainly touch on what's happening now in the current uh, pandemic. Sure. So Everbowl Craft Superfood, we sell superfood bowls, acai bowls, pitaya bowls, and all fun, uh, highly nutritious foods that taste really good and are good for you. So it was uh, 2016 and I had sold my digital marketing agency and was driving my wife and kids crazy. And they said, go do something. And my passion outside of my family and, and uh, startups is health and wellness. And I believe that there was an opportunity for me to combine all my passions and do my next startup in something that meant so much to me. And so Everbowl was created to help the average American eat better and be their best self. Um, a word I created and trademarked, Unevolve, it's on the front of all of our employees' t-shirts in our stores. Um, it simply means to move and eat the way you were meant to live actively and eat stuff that's been around forever. Everbowl's tagline is made from stuff that's been around forever. So Everbowl is the eating side of the movement, the unevolved Love lifestyle it. movement. And I looked at the four excuses the average American was making to why we don't eat healthy. Why don't and we I eat healthy, it. Jeff? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I that up and you knocked it out. There um, we go. <laughs> it either costs too much to eat healthy. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't fill you up and leave you satisfied or you can't get it. It's one of those four excuses we make subconsciously or consciously on a daily basis. So if I give you something that's affordable, filling, delicious, and accessible, you'll probably choose that option because you know it's good for you. So everyone yeah. was built to solve those four. And as a result, we've opened 28 locations in three years. Wow. Um, yeah, multiple states. We're now franchising for the first time or we were right before COVID-19, but we will uh, resume once this is over. Uh, but they're all corporate stores. And, you know, we're really excited about being able to offer fun, delicious, filling food to everybody everywhere. And that's been my mission and goal since 2016 or October 2016. And, um, you know, we've done a lot of cool vertically integrated things to, to make that possible by starting our own construction company called WeBuild, where we actually build our own stores. Yeah. Um, 
that's that's an interesting too. Let's talk about vertical integration for a little bit, right? So sure. instead of outsourcing, right, you you used to have the construction company. You're the one building it, which saves money, makes money, all those awesome things. And but you you can't just go from that from the beginning, right? There, there there's a process to get there. There there's a process on the vertical on the, on the vertical integration front, right? Yeah, of course. So so the exercise I do, and now I do it consciously, but I was doing it since my my payroll business. I've been kind of like learning how to mentor. I learned how to vertically integrate my companies, but it's so important that all entrepreneurs and business owners try to do this when they can, which is look at your repeatable problems. And when I say problems, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a serious problem, but a repeatable thing you're doing all the time. So you take Everbowl and we'll use it as the case study. I build lots of restaurants and I import lots of acai and superfoods. So I do those two things all the time. Right now I'm paying third-party companies to middleman those projects or run those projects for me. There's a high cost of that because they're niche right? A construction company isn't going to get to build thousand Everbowl. So for them to build a custom Everbowl for me, they're going to charge me a premium. Of course. And acai is not a, it's not a strawberry, right? It's not grown and available in every grocery store. So they're problems for me because they cost a lot of money. Right. And, but it's mar- and there's a market to it too. It fluctuates, right? There's an acai market, I assume, with weather and seasonality and labor and trade issues. Absolutely. There's a market and then you have, you have companies or middlemen companies that need to make money to do it. So there's a massive markup. Mm. Um, so I'm paying a premium for someone else to bring it, which for most one-off restaurants, if I owned one, makes sense. It's a cost of doing business. You have to factor exactly. it into your, into your business model. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's a major cost of goods for me. But knowing that I was building 100 restaurants and going to franchise out 300 restaurants, I need a lot of acai. So for me to vertically integrate that and go down to Brazil, meet the factories and, and get direct from the source, yes, the increase in capital required goes up, but the decrease in cost goes down. And therefore that spread is how I'm going to monetize it. Same thing with yes. construction. I was going to build so many of them that I realized that the knowledge base, once they build one or two, that's what I'm paying a premium are the, for. Are the templates similar? The, fl- the floor prints, yes. the blueprints are similar? Right. So you have well, continuity we, brand. I mean, obviously there, there, there's, there's, you know, tweaks for each layout based on what the store is. Like well, the yes and no. Yes and no. So, so one of my five core values is, is if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing and be remarkable. So I like that. what we did at WeBuild to do that was we said, you know what, we want to change that. We want to make it to where there is continuity, but I want it to be like Ikea. I want to mass produce our stores in a box to where I can ship a box out to you in New York. You tell me the square footage. It's going to arrive and install within two weeks and you're open for business. Well, that was my and, next question. When are we coming to New York? I got some prime storefronts in my neighborhood, man. There is an acai place too. And I think we could take them down. I think we can too. And it's coming very soon. And I want to say one thing you led in the intro, which is you haven't tried this yet. That was our pivot, yep. which is to later bowls, which means right now I can actually ship you product and you can eat it tomorrow. We will take that offline. I'd love, to, I'd love to actually try that too. And you talk about like, entre- I mean, you, you are a very well-versed, experienced entrepreneur. Uh, and you talk about that there's, you know, different types of entrepreneurs and really it's important for somebody because that's a fucking buzzword du jour, man. Everybody's an entrepreneur, right? Like everybody is, because if the, by definition, it, it really is like a mindset, but like to put it into practice, that's a different thing. And I think that's like the execution is a key piece there. But you talk about that there's different types of entrepreneurs and really how important it is from a self-awareness perspective to understand what type you are. Let's unpack that a little bit. Absolutely. So when I started entrepreneurship, entrepreneur, the word was not sexy, but today it's extremely sexy. There's college degrees in it. There's online courses in it. Everybody and their mother is an entrepreneur. As you yeah. said, it is, it is truly the buzzword, 
which is great. And I love it. And, and being an entrepreneur, um, I support the growing of this, this part of the industry and this, this, this field. So yes, more entrepreneurs, the better. However, look in the mirror and understand that it's as broad as saying I'm a doctor. Mm. And when you say you're a doctor, if you're a doctor, well, what kind of doctor are you? Because you don't go to a heart surgeon if you break your leg and you don't go to an orthopedist if you're about to have a heart attack. Exactly. So if you don't know what kind of entrepreneur you are, you are setting yourself up for failure because you don't know how to build the right team around yourself and you don't know at what point to jump in. So me, I'm a startup serial entrepreneur. What that means is I like nothing. Me and you in a room, we come up with, this, with an idea or I come up with an idea. Let's go build it. Let's, let's figure it out. I'm a problem solver from zero. The company will grow to a size where I'm no longer the best executive CEO person to run it. And I need a different type of entrepreneurial minded human to run the business. Again, uh, similar, similarly, you might not be a startup entrepreneur, but you might be a financial entrepreneur, an operations entrepreneur, systems entrepreneur, a sales entrepreneur, where you could join me before we have any kind of traction and build out that entire department. You're an entrepreneur. You just didn't start the company. And the mistake I'm seeing a lot of entrepreneurs make today is they think they have to start their own company to be an entrepreneur, but they don't. They can join another entrepreneur and join as the number two and number three and number six. It's very fair number point there, yeah, that we don't really talk about. You don't have to do this on your own and you could gain experience like almost like entrepreneur interning could be paid, yes. right? But that concept of, of really learning on, on the job. Well, well, not even interning. Like I'll tell you like you my, I mean. yeah. my, yeah, of course. But my, my, uh, my chief direct, um, you know, my chief operating officer, Eric, he's an entrepreneur. He's just never going to start his own company by himself and be the CEO because he's not a CEO. He's a COO. And therefore, if he starts his own company, he's going to struggle to raise capital, attract a team and drive those parts of the business, which when you start a business, like that's a lot of the stuff that needs to happen. Um, especially the kind of business we're talking some about. Some people so aren't operators. Some people are idea people. Some people don't execute. Some people are thinkers. Some people are finance people. And that gets back to the part of self-awareness, which I really think is the key to understanding what type of entrepreneur. And correct me if I'm wrong here, that is a fundamental piece of being a successful entrepreneur, surrounding yourself with the right people who do things better than you if you can't do it yourself. Oh my God, yes. Um, I wouldn't be where I am at all, but for an incredible team of people around me who I get to stand on their shoulders and, and talk to you. I absolutely love it. So let's double back to something that you and I, I I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say relationships are a core pillar to our success. They are everything. Um, and, and I we built talk- my entire business on relationship capital and I talk about it. I even taught a course for LinkedIn and Forbes uh, on it. So I guess <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. And, and, and that's what you need. And I think so many people these days, they struggle with it because, you know, they think about that short-term transaction, that short-term relationship, that quick win-win, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme right now. And why is it so hard for people to put in the work and put in the time to develop and foster relationships? I mean, do you think it's just like a cultural thing right now? Do you think people um, just don't get it? They're not seeing enough examples out there of success. I mean, what's the problem? Uh, I, you know, I think it's truthfully um, with all the effort I put into this, this area of the world and this, this, this concept, it's, they have the wrong mindset. Um, they think a relationship is meant to have some, they, they think of it as what can they do for me? And um, it's the biggest mistake. And so, you know, I, I'll challenge your, your, your tribe and listeners to gamify this and watch their entire lives change, which is treat every single person you meet now as, and think about them. And, and at first it's going to sound bad, 
<clears throat> but by the end, I think you'll appreciate it like a bank account and it's relationship capital. So, you know, me and you, me and the, the person who helps me at the grocery store, me and, you know, the CEO of a company, me and the teller at the bank, treat them all like bank accounts. And if you can make deposits every time you have an, an interaction with someone, you're building this relationship capital bank account with enough people. And all of a sudden you're going to have so much opportunity. And I'm going to give you an example of it where this is seven years in the making. This just happened and this is real. So, uh, but going, before I do that, let me finish the point, which is so the way I do it is when I meet somebody, my first instinct is to figure out one problem they have, one issue they're dealing, one relationship I can introduce them to, one interest they have that I can add value to. And there I think is. of what can I do for you? And if you there leave that mindset, just forget everything else, just with everybody. Don't judge a book by its cover. Do it with absolutely everybody. And all of a sudden, you're going to find out that opportunity is coming to you. Talent is coming to you. Capital is coming to you. And you're like, oh, my God. And you don't even have to ask for it. You're just building up an army or a tribe of people who love you because you're doing so much value for them. That's relationship capital. And I think people struggle with it because they don't know how to do it. They go to a networking meeting and they're uncomfortable because they're like, well, how do I get leads from this person while sounding interested in their business? And Dave Meltzer has a very famous saying, be more interested than interesting. Love it. And that's so true. And if you unpack that, that's what I'm actually suggesting everyone do, uh, does, which is get to the root of who they are. Do you have tickets to the Met? You know, if I come to New York and you know I'm a baseball fan, Hey, Jeff, and you meet me on the street or we meet somewhere and you're like, Jeff, you love baseball. I got tickets to the Mets game. You want to go? That little thing. Now we're going to go to a Mets game and spend time together. Yep, exactly. And all of a sudden we're going to build our relationship more. So yeah, it goes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's just spot on advice. And, and I'm kind of nodding my head because that's something that's ingrained in my DNA and, and my secret to my success. It's not even a secret. It's just kind of my formula. And you talk about, you know, your success formula, you know, regardless of industry or experience. What's your take on your success formula? Well, it is. I think success is formulaic. Um, whether how you do it is, is kind of the art. It's kind of like a baseball swing. Um, there's a certain fundamental that has to happen when you swing a baseball bat. The, the way you're- Physics behind you, it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the way you look when you're in the batter's box is unique to everybody. It's kind of also like a signature. We all mm -hmm. sign our name differently, but at the end, everyone has a signature. Um, when you unwind success- and you look at successful people, there's a formula. And I apply a formula and I use my five core values to do it. Um, it's the same five core values, industry agnostic. And those are make friends, have fun, act with integrity, be remarkable at everything I do and Kaizen, get 1% better every day. And when I take those five things and I do them again and again and again, I'm always successful. Yeah, you got it. You got to put it into practice. Jeff, one thing I love about you is your authenticity. I mean, you're, you're as real as it gets, man. What does that word authenticity, authentic, being authentic, being real mean to you? It, it's truly your signature. I mean, I can't be anyone else. Um, I've never been good at it. I'm, you know, I, when I was a kid and I tried to play basketball like Michael Jordan, it didn't work because I'm not Michael Jordan, right? I'm a five foot nine uh, kid. So I no. wasn't able to dunk <laughs> and I couldn't do it. Could you dunk but over when, Dave? Probably. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's, it's, you know, being authentic is just understanding that you are who you are. And when you realize who you are and you're more comfortable in your own skin and you just forget anyone who doesn't like you for you, because people aren't going to like you. People aren't going to respect you. There's no way to get a hundred percent of the people no, to never. like and respect you. Nor do you want but it. if you're you, 
you'll be okay with it because you'll attract the right people. Look, I'm, I'm a type A personality. I'm very difficult because I have very high standards for myself and those around me. And to a lot of people, I rub people wrong because they're like, shit, Jeff, like relax. Like it's not that important, but it is to me. And I know that about myself. And the old me used to be like, well, let me, how do I get them to do it, but not, and it used to drive me crazy. And then I realized, you know what? I only want people around me who operate at the same kind of tenacity and, and, frequency. As me and frequency. Um, and once I ran to who I am, I attracted those people yeah. because like attracts like. And so being authentic is just important, especially if you're going to build quality relationships with people and, and find happiness. Yeah, one thing I absolutely love about our conversation right now is you've peppered in the word tenacity multiple times. And that if I if I was going to get a, a new tattoo, I mean, I might get it on my knuckles, but it would be tenacity. I mean, that's something that that is at the core of my DNA. I mean, everything that I do is built on tenacity. Jeff, what is the greatest piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on every single day of your life? Power four minutes. So if you do something every single day for a year for four minutes, that's 24 hours. So theoretically, in four minutes a day for a year, you can spend 24 hours doing something. And you can do that playing with a yo-yo. And after 24 hours, you're going to know a lot of tricks with the yo-yo. You can learn a new language. You can learn a new skill. You can work on yourself. Um, so the idea of hitting the snooze button for a lot of people, which most people do, um, that means you're wasting eight minutes because the average snooze is eight minutes, which means hmm. you're wasting two days a year. That. Yeah, two days a year um, snoozing. I don't snooze, and, so I wouldn't know that. Yeah, I don't either, but I know a lot of people who do, and nah. it drives me crazy when my daughter- My wife's does. a snoozer. Yeah, tell her she's <laughs> wasting two days a year. She doesn't so give a shit. When, <laughs> when people say they don't have time, ah. the best advice is you can find that time with just four minutes. And I promise you, if you just do four minutes a day, you're getting 1% better every single day, and you're going to be exponentially better um, a month, a year, five years, 10 years from today. So- what I do is I take, I take that and I spend 30 minutes every day or sometimes even up to two hours, always improving on and learning something new. Yeah. Like right now I'm, I'm actually going through, uh, during COVID-19 and, and I'm using this time to get my real estate license, not because okay. I plan on being a realtor, but because why the hell not? Why the hell not? I mean, I mean, that's another piece in your vertical integration too. If you could handle all your transactions, <laughs> if you could cut it, cut that out too. Yeah. We're on the same page there. Jeff, let me ask you a question. And I asked a question around superpowers and obviously I'm not asking about being invisible or super strength or any of that stuff, but what is something that you do better than almost anyone in this planet that makes you incredibly unique? I'm quite relentless. Uh, I have a unique ability to get hit in the face with a baseball bat again and again and again and keep coming as though it never happened. Um, I just it, running into walls has never discouraged me my passion and my uh, tenacity to go back to your, your knuckle tattoo um, never wavers. And that's just, that's my, that's one of my superpowers. I think um, I didn't realize I had it till people around me go, do you ever quit? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that's I don't. Huge man. That's a, that's a, that's a big one. Um, and let's, you know, during this time, I mean, we're, we're all going through a lot of shit, but there's so many silver linings that are coming out of it. So I'd love to ask you to give us one professional silver lining and one personal silver lining. Sure. Personally, first, um, I've gotten to spend so much more quality time with my wife and kids. And that's been amazing because you actually like you know, them again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and I realized how much time I was not spending with them before, um, which I didn't realize, you know, because you're home, you live in the same house, you sleep in the same house, you have meals together. But the, zero, the lack of quality time, I mean, my high school daughter and me watch a movie at night, my youngest daughter and me, are, are getting to play and, and watch movies and, and do things that we never really did before. We were just in the same house before. 
Um, you know, me and my wife are working out together. So we're doing right. things that we just weren't really doing before. Um, so the quality time has gone up, which has been great. Professional silver lining, I'm going to go back to the time issue. Uh, so many people used to be filled with, God, I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time. Well, <laughs> now you have more time, most people, than you know what to do with. So use this so well, because this is the time to rebuild your entire company, refocus on your own skills and strengths. If you're an employee, focus on how you can grow within the organization, stand out, be different. Like now is that time? This is the reset button for everybody. Exactly. And, and if you're using it, it's a huge advantage. If you're not, well then, I mean, thank you because I own stock in Netflix, but, um, <laughs> but you're not going to be getting better. And this is that opportunity professionally to really look within and say, you know what? I'm going to commit for the next 30 days to improve this or that in my life professionally because it's going to amplify what you're trying to accomplish. I love it, man. And, and Jeff, last but not least, I mean, you've, you've been through a lot in your life, trials, tribulations, the ups and downs and everything. And there's times when you really do did and still do need to look down and dig deep and, you know, harness that inner tenacity to pull you up. And on the flip side of that, when you want to show gratitude, when you want to give thanks, when you want to just say, listen, universe, thank you for everything you provided me, all these tools you provided me to be fucking awesome and provide for my family and build a legacy. Jeff, what is that North star for you? Um, that's a great question. So my, I would say it's always been going back to, I just love making friends. Um, and my North star there has just been how I can pay it forward and help others. So, because I've been raised up by others and I am where I am because people have helped me. So when I need help, I lean on those who have helped me. And when I'm in a good place, I help those around me. So that's just been what it is. It's kind of been this fraternity of helping and receiving receiving and giving help, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not too proud to tell you that I get a ton of help. Um, I am where I am because of so many amazing people helping me along the way and opening doors and exposing me to things I never would have known. Um, and I owe it to do that same thing for others. And that's why I try to make myself available to everyone who I come in contact with. I respond to every message. Um, I'm a mentor at San Diego State's Live and School of Entrepreneurship. I'm trying to do these things that have, been, that have helped me because I know by paying it forward now, I am, you know, keeping that, keeping that vibe going. And it makes me feel so good inside. And I owe it because of what I've taken from that cup myself. That is called karma, my friend. You just, you just defined it. Jeff Fenster, thank you for coming on the show today. This has been a tremendous conversation. I'm confident that it's going to be not only fun and, and, and educational, but also hopefully entertain. Jeff, where can folks find you? Where could they learn more? Where could they find out about your businesses and everything that you're up to? Sure. So um, obviously, everbowl.com is a great place to learn about Everbowl or buy later bowls, which can be shipped nationwide. Um, you can also get our super fuel coffee, which we didn't really touch on, but you can look at it on Amazon. Um, you can reach me personally at my last name, first name, Fenster Jeff on pretty much all social media channels or email me connect at jefffenster.com. And I'd love to talk to anyone about business, entrepreneurship, love you got it. criticism or feedback for me. I love that too. And let's make, let's become friends. Jeff Fenster. Thanks for coming on the podcast, my man. Thank you so much. It was truly an honor. Awesome. And everybody that's listening, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for coming along on my journey. Remember, for more info, go to thepodcast.com. All of our social media channels, click, link, subscribe, share. And remember, take your online, offline. Thank you. Take care and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.